Welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case, and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today is my co-pilot, Jeff Harding. Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm almost giddy, Kyle. Almost giddy. Almost. What What? What do you need to push over the edge to be giddy? It's not going to take much because I'm, I'm looking at the number of <laughs> You're people, pretty that, close, the huh? people that have, have signed up for the games already have got me almost giddy. Yeah, registration has opened. We have almost 1,500 if people. We, if we were 1,500, I would be giddy. You would be giddy at 1,500. I would. I think there's a possibility that by the end of the day, I'll be you giddy. might be giddy. I might. You might be. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But registration is open. Uh, we're accepting them, and uh, it's fun to watch those numbers grow. It's amazing. Yeah, that means that we're going to have a great event and lots of people to compete against and lots of friends to make. That's what it's all That's about. That's right. Yeah. So, Jeff. Yes. For years, the last several years, we've been talking about how eating too much sugar is bad for you in you a lot of ways. You saw me eating chocolate today, didn't you? I, I'm not referring to anything recent. <laughs> I'm just making a broad yes, we, general we statement the, that how sugar, bad sugar is bad. <laughs> processed sugar is bad for you, yes. Sugar is not good for you, right? Right. And one of the biggest culprits, you mentioned chocolate, that's a good one and a mm. big one, but one of the biggest culprits is getting too much sugar in our soda. Definitely. You've heard that before, yes, right? and I don't have to worry about that. I know you don't drink soda, but a lot of us do. Yep. The easy solution seems to be like just cut the, cut the sugared soda out and start drinking diet soda, no, that's right? That's bad for you. Uh, so you gave it away. I'm sorry. Yeah. I should, I should, I should, have, I should have seen your cues coming. I we, think, <laughs> we think that there might be uh, you know, something that's uh, better for us by going the diet soda route, but mm. that's not the case. It's still different chemicals, but yeah. it's still bad for you. So according to the Insider Magazine, they, they say, honestly, that the research is a little bit mixed, yep. but that some studies <clears throat> have linked diet soda to serious diseases, including an increased risk of Alzheimer's, mm. dementia, and isemic stroke. Wow. So those are a few things we want to avoid. I know that my mom would get migraines for years and years. She got migraines and finally figured out it was the, the sweetener in the diet soda the diet she was soda, drinking. Yeah. So there's some things out there, anecdotally as well as scientifically, just mm-hmm. because diet soda doesn't contain sugar... Or the calories, that doesn't mean that it's no, healthy no. for you, right? That's right. So a 2017 study published in Stroke Magazine found that among over 3,000 participants, so they, they that's a, that's know, a good size study, had, had yeah. a good size study there, yeah. they had uh, an increase, um, excuse me, of the 3,000 participants, an increase in artificially sweetened soda consumption was associated, once again, with those big three, Alzheimer's, dementia, wow. uh, and isemic stroke. So... More recently, in 2019, a study published in JAMA Internal Medicine found that those who drink two diet sodas a day are more likely to die from circulatory diseases, wow. as well as an increased mortality overall compared with those who had just one diet soda or less a month. Mm-hmm. So they're really saying cut back on that diet soda. Yep. <clears throat> the question is, Jeff, why is diet soda so bad for you? Yeah. And here's a couple of things that they found. Number okay. one is it does interestingly enough, increase your sugar cravings. Wow, because it's not not satiating those needs. Yeah, so diet soda has been shown to increase the cravings for sweets, according to various studies, including one that was published in 2019 in Pediatric Obesity. Mm -hmm. In turn, that increase in cravings may actually lead to consuming more calories. So you think, boy, I'm going to cut back on my calories. I'm going to drink this Diet Coke or whatever it is, diet soda. And uh, you think you're getting away with something, but actually it might increase your sugar cravings. So you drink that diet soda, but 
but then you might go eat a cookie or a piece of cake or which I probably would, so, which you might do anyways. Right. Yeah. But with diet soda, it seems like studies show that it seems like you might be more likely to do that. Mm-hmm. A couple of other things that they found that it, uh, diet soda does. It alters your digestive tract. Hmm. So diet soda can alter your gut microbiota. So we've been talking about the flora and the fauna inside of our guts, right? That can have negative impact on digestion as well as hormone regulation. They do say that more research is needed to understand exactly which artificial sweeteners affect the gut bacteria and how. But so far, preliminary studies have found that saccharin, sucralose, and even stevia may alter the bacteria in your gut. Although, to to be fair and honest, it's unclear what that impact may be on your overall health. Yeah. But it's changing something inside your gut. Yep, that's not good. Uh, diet soda can also cause kidney damage. Mm. So long-term consumption of diet soda can increase production of free radicals in renal tissues. And those radicals are no good. Yeah, the free ones we don't want, right? No, no we, want, we want those you have to pay for. The ones that are, that are uh, expensive, not free yeah, or, or ones. under control, right? <laughs> <clears throat> but anyway, it does potentially cause damage to the kidneys. Additionally, a 2017 study published in the Clinical Journey of Journal of the American Society of Nephrology, which I know you read that one all the time, well, right? Yeah, while I'm journeying, I do. Yeah, I've, I've seen you. I've seen you reading that one. Anyway, that shows that diet soda consumption is linked to a higher risk of kidney disease as well. That sucks. It does, yeah. And also, here's one that I didn't know. I thought this was interesting. Did you know that diet soda is not good for your teeth? Well, I didn't think any soda was good for your teeth. Yeah, though. well, it's not. So even though it's sugar-free, diet soda is uh, acidic. Thanks to ingredients like citric acid, phosphoric acid, and tartaric acid, these ingredients can contribute to tooth and enamel tooth enamel erosion at almost the same rate as non-diet soda. So if you think, oh, my, my dentist will be happy with me because I'm not drinking the sugared soda, that's not the way it works. Nope. A couple of other things really quickly. Drinking diet soda or regular soda does not hydrate you as well as drinking good old-fashioned water. Yay, water. And you've heard that before, yes. right? Yeah, and it's true. If you can't just drink the water, and I know a couple of people that just don't like to drink water, you might mm-hmm. consider adding a little spritz of lemon or lime juice just to flavor it. Uh, or if you have a hard time drinking just plain water, you can do unsweetened sparkling water or unsweetened tea. That might be a better beverage mm-hmm. for uh, trying to get hydrated. Um, so anyway, just a few things to consider when you're reaching for your yes. uh, your next beverage. Don't. They, they say that water is the best way to go. That's right. Jeff, today's guest yes. is Ryan Otterson. Ryan has a master's in sports performance and conditioning. He currently works as an exercise physiologist with the Intermountain Healthcare Live Well Center. He's also a certified strength and conditioning specialist. And on top of that, he competes himself. In amateur weightlifting competitions, and Ryan, he's got some big guns on his arms. <clears throat> Indeed, he does. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Ryan. Hey, we're glad you could join us. Me too. Thanks. So, uh, what's your favorite beverage? Well, <laughs> listening to that, I, I actually do drink a lot of diets. Well, not a lot, but I mean, every I, once in a yes, while, you I'm aware diet. of the studies and things. I just try to reduce the calories. So, well, and listen, here's the thing moderation in all things, right? Exactly. If you're drinking a, a diet soda a month or a week, realistically, I think the studies support that there's probably not tremendous long-term detrimental Either effects. Way, for making me feel maybe, bad. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I'm going to add a maybe at the end of that sentence because we don't know for sure. Some of the totally studies out there. Totally agree with you there. But yeah, water's the best way to go. I think we right. all know that, right? Yes. But sometimes it's nice to have a little flavor. 
Yeah, that's right. I mean, in my defense, I drink a lot of water too. Just uh, okay. All right, yeah. you're not on trial here, Ryan. Seriously, uh, you 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 go ahead and drink that diet every once in a while. Thank you. So uh, today we want to talk about muscular development for seniors, specifically when it comes to power. Right. Right. Now, when we're talking about uh, people that get older as we age, I've read a number of studies that say you tend to lose strength at a certain percentage every year. Uh, it, have you found that to be true? Yes, definitely. I mean, we do hundreds of assessments every month and that's the first thing that goes is that muscular strength. And most people, I think I've talked about this before on the show, but, um, as they age, that strength goes away and they think, you know, they're walking and they're gardening and, and things is sufficient to build that strength, maintain it, but it's, but it's not. So I think, I, I, I think it's worth emphasizing that point because that's uh, that's an important one. Um, a lot of us think I'm going to go out and, and go for a walk and listen, we're not downplaying the importance of a good walk, right? Get out there and walk. There are so many great benefits to that, especially if you can pick up the pace a little bit and get your heart going, but being outside and in the fresh air and, uh, among nature, there's so many benefits to walking, that's but very what true. you're, but what you're saying is that that's probably not enough. Right. We want, we want people to do more in order to maintain their functional mobility, their functional abilities. Um, so strength so, is important. So we're talking about strength training and or specifically, training. yeah, today I wanted to kind of talk about power development because, um, there is a difference between strength and power. Basically, uh, strength is the ability to produce force, to lift an object, lift yourself. Um, but there's no, there's no, uh, requirement for how long it takes to do that lift. Right. Okay. okay. So, um, if you ever YouTube a heavy lift, you know, bench press, a squat, um, when they do really heavy weights, how, how fast is that thing moving? Probably slow. Yeah, really slow. Right. <laughs> if you're, if you're at your limits of your strength, then that weight, that, that force you're moving is, is not going to move very fast. Now yeah. power is the ability to move a given load, whether it's an external weight or your own body. Or your grandchild. Or your grandchild. Yeah. Quickly, right? Velocity becomes uh, a component of that. And so research has shown that um, not only does strength is lost as you, as you age because muscle is lost, but um, predominantly and firstly, power is lost. So and your so ability to maintain a certain Your ability to, certain to move something quickly and... You know, that, that applies to everyday life um, in many regards, and especially in sports, right? Every sport is a, is a, requires power. Yeah, there's, to a, do there's it correct, a power correctly. element, absolutely. But just thinking everyday life situations, if you lose your balance, you know, you caught your foot on a rug or something, um, that leg has to step out quickly to catch your balance. Or let's say something's coming your way, you got you to gotta jump out of the way. <laughs> like a train exactly. or a semi-truck yeah. or something like that. Hopefully they're not hanging you around wanna, train tracks, but yes. You want to be able to move, right? Exactly, move quickly. And, quickly. Mm-hmm. and yes. those are power That's That's elements. all relying on power. So so power does rely on muscular strength, but like I said, it also requires the, um, the nervous system to fire quickly. And uh, I don't know if you're aware, but there's just to... To put it simply, muscle fibers are broken down usually into type 1 and type 2. Um, and type 1 is the, the muscle fiber that's responsible for slow, slower movements. Um, it has more endurance. While the type 2 fibers, the ones that get really big, usually bodybuilders, athletes, that's the ones that, that stand out. And that's what's responsible for those quick muscle contractions, that now, muscular power. Now, is that slow twitch and fast twitch? Exactly. Or is that a different yep. Type thing? 2 would be the fast twitch. Okay. Type 1 would be the slow twitch. Okay, that's interesting. I've, I've heard the, the, the twitch uh, analogy, the fast right. twitch and the slow twitch. I didn't, I've never heard the type 1 and type 2. That's right. 
And so, so, it's that, so that when you're talking about twitch. power, it's yeah. the fast one that yeah, you're trying to develop. Yeah, that's the one that's going away first in most in most people as they age. And that's just a that's just a, an element of aging. That's what happens. Yes, I mean, but do we have to just accept? No, that? exactly. Okay. So part right. of it, yes, it is part of aging, um, and to some degree, you can't avoid it. But from from what we've seen from the research and even anecdotal evidence at our center, most of the time those things go away because people don't use them, right? Yeah. You just slow down. You don't do anything um, that's requiring that power anymore. So what I wanted to tell you today is how you could practically develop that power, maintain that muscular power. I'm I'm all ears because I don't want to be in that position where I can't, you know, catch myself if I trip or I I can't get out of the way of the train. Exactly. (laughs) Especially out of the way of the train. Like I want to get out of the way of the train. You keep hanging around those train tracks. You got to get You just have to stay away from the train yard. Yeah. That's actually the first, probably first piece of advice. advice. (laughs) Just just saying, because, you know, hearing could go too and you might not know it's coming. Maybe that's better (laughs) advice. Okay, so how do we not lose that power as we age and uh, and, and and maintain that you know that level of mobility that we're all looking for that we all right. want? Right. So, um, you know, as you age, there are going to be certain limitations that appear in what you can do, um, depending on injury, mobility, what have you. Um, so we want to find ways that we can develop that muscular power that's not going to cause more pain, more injury. You know, so. In athletes, young athletes, healthy athletes, we would say, hey, do some box jumps, long jumps, uh, plyometric type activities. Okay. okay. That makes um, sense. But we wouldn't expect that from a 60-year-old who Thank hasn't you. been, yes, <laughs> who hasn't been, who hasn't been uh, weight training yeah. for the last 20 years, right? Yeah, you got to build up to that. Exactly. So a lot of our clients at the LiveWell Center, um, you know, every, every exercise prescription I make for them, I do try and add at least one power focused exercise. Um, so what are some examples? I, a box yeah, jumps is an easy one, those kinds yes. of things. But if, right. if that's so not... For whom? Right. We not, would, no, those are easy examples. Okay. Yes. Not necessarily easy to do, but <laughs> one, ones, that, ones that I can imagine, okay, that seems like power to me. But if, you, if, you, if that's not ex- available to you, what are some things that you can do? Right. One of the simplest things, one of the very simplest things. So you've got to be developing strength, right? You've got to be doing strength training. That should be a given. Um, Because that will even help power. Just getting stronger is going to help. But um, specifically, every repetition of every exercise you do, one cue that I like to give people is uh, lift the weight as quick as possible and lower it under control. So take a bicep curl, simple exercise. Um, You just lift the weight as fast fast. as you can, and then you lower it slowly under control. A lot of people um, mistakenly will just do a slow tempo throughout the entire movement and um, the lift, the concentric portion of the exercise where you're you're actually doing the, the work, you know, the push, the pull, whatever it may be. Um, if you're going purposely slow on that, you're never going to stimulate those uh, fast twitch muscle fibers. Yeah. So you'll stimulate the slow twitch and, the, yes, and, that, which is good. and there's some benefits there, exactly. but if you're looking for power... That's not going to work. So, mm-hmm. the same thing you apply with the push up? You push up as fast as you can and roll yourself slower? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it really depends on the intent, right? It, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be that fast, but it has to be fast for you. So, the yeah. intent of you sending that signal to the muscle to lift quickly is what's going to activate those type 2 muscle fibers, those uh, fast twitch. I think now is probably a good time to just remind everybody that. 
you know, a lot of times we think about resistance training and the thing that comes into our mind is barbells and dumbbells and big bodybuilders and stuff like that. And that's an element of it for sure. But if you don't have access to a gym and barbells and things like that, you can do resistance training with just household items, right? You can pick up a gallon of milk. If, If that's too heavy, you can do a can of soup. Uh, Jeff had mentioned the push-ups. There's lots of ways that you can use your body no, weight. No, I didn't say plural. I just said one. Push-up. <laughs> Jeff yeah. had mentioned the don't push-up. Pluralize. Okay. <laughs> don't, don't, don't get me at myself here. <laughs> but yeah, and, and if a push-up's not available to you, you can do it against the wall, right? Yes. There's lots of body weight exercises that Definitely. you can do that are resistance training that don't require equipment. Uh, and, and, you know, equipment's great. If you've got the, the ability or you have the means, you know, go, go crazy with the equipment, but there's lots resistance of spans. Yeah, 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 resistance yeah. Resistance bands are great. Spans, there's lots of opportunities to get that resistance training. One, one that everyone should be doing because most everyone has access to a chair is just sit down slowly to the chair and stand up as quick as possible. There's a great and one. Repeat it until you're tired. Yeah. It's pretty with, simple. With me, gravity pulls me down quickly. I'm getting up this slow. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we'd have to work on that then. Yeah, right after <laughs> Okay, so uh, when we're talking about power, once again, we're talking about a quick movement and then a, and a slow movement. And, and you want to do the quick movement on the one that's actually using the muscle. So right. when, you're, when you're doing the push-up, Jeff? The one, yes. It's the, the when one. you're doing your one push-up, <laughs> you want to do the, the up movement is the fast one and then take it down. If you're doing a, a bicep curl, it's the up movement. If you're doing the, the, same the, the thing. chair, Just about every exercise sit can down think of. slowly, stand up quickly. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's, that's, that's accessible to all of us. Yes, anyone so can do it. So wherever you're at, yes. start where you are and then build from there. I mean, we, we build up the capability of our clients as well. So there, there's a few clients we've got who are in their 70s and they're doing not high jumps, but they've got um, assistance from some um, suspension straps, okay. uh, suspension trainers, yeah. and they'll do some jumping type exercises where the impact is minimized. Um but that but takes time get, to build up to, right? But they still get the benefit. Yeah, of it. They're, they're still getting the benefit. Or I might have people just practice moving their feet quickly, whether it's a side shuffle or a you know side-to-side step when I just say pick up the pace. Uh, that's a great way to do it. Um, resistance bands, you mentioned the uh, you know elastic tubing or, or mm-hmm. banding. That kind of stuff is great too because you can lift as fast as you want and that that uh, elastic resistance gets harder the more you lift it. So yeah, at the height you're not lift. at the risk of, you know, throwing the weight or leaping off the ground. <laughs> or hitting yourself <laughs> in the face with the bar. Yes, exactly. So you can you can uh, really get more aggressive with those without um, the fear of letting uh, losing control. Yeah. The, great. Those are great things. And, and again, I think they're accessible. You know, those are things that regardless of where you are, just start something and then build up from there, right? Right. Now you've alluded to this, but I, I want to emphasize it because I think it's important. You, you know, n- none of us are advocating or wanting s- injuries, right? Right. So how do you go about, um, I'm new to this, I haven't done it before. How do you go about starting something and not injuring yourself? So that's where places like the Livewell Center come in handy yeah. is it is kind of risky to do things on your own. It can be if yeah. you don't know what you're doing. Um, so it's always good to have a coach, someone to look at you who knows what they're doing, who knows what they're t- talking about and can say, Hey, I think, uh, you need to tone it down a bit or, Hey, you're not pushing that not pushing hard. hard so, um, uh, you know, a program like ours with, with coaches that can watch you do your exercises and see where you're starting from. Uh, that's probably the safest and smartest option. 
and to our local listeners, that's uh, that's available. The Live Well Center is is a resource that's an incredible resource for those outside the area. Uh, it just makes sense to call up a professional. Yes, whether mm-hmm. that's at your local gym or or maybe through your healthcare provider. Start there. Ask questions. Find somebody that you feel comfortable with that, that you know that that's right. that can help you move along and, and help you meet your goals. And then um, they can give you the advice that you need so that you can try to avoid some of these injuries that might be um, a, a concern to people. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. What else? What other things can we do to help develop power or at least not lose it over time? Well, I mean, you mentioned I'm a competitive weightlifter. You can yes. always do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's... And we laugh, but there's 80-year-old people that are doing it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So it's Definitely. not like you have to be a young man to do it or a young person to do it. No, we've we've got people that, that train in their 50s, 60s, so... yeah. I thought you were talking about old people instead of me. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, you do Olympic-style weightlift, weightlifting. You're right. Um, talk about what that is, and if somebody was interested, how would they get into that? Yeah, not a lot of people here in the States know too much about it. It's not like a major sport. Uh, it is in the Olympics, though. Yeah. So if you've ever seen people lifting weights in the Olympics, that's weightlifting. Yeah. Um, it's often confused with powerlifting or bodybuilding when I talk to people who don't know what it is. So... They'll say, oh, you get on stage and flex? And I say, yeah. no. Or they say, oh, you, you bench press? How much do you bench? And I say, well, actually, I, I don't. You don't bench so, press, yeah. Um, weightlifting is specifically two movements, the snatch and the clean and jerk. And both of those lifts require a lot of power. That's basically the determinant of Those are definitely lifts. Speed, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So it is almost all power training the whole time. Which I find interesting because power lifting. Yeah, it's a misnomer. <laughs> yeah. Is bench uh, squat, squat and deadlift, deadlift. And, you and those are great lifts. Possible. Those are great lifts, yes. but they're not, they're not power by the definition. No, that the very talking. definition of them is a strength. Yeah. It should be called strength lifting. Strength right? lifting. Right? Going back to the definition we just talked about, where they're gonna, if you see a heavy bench or squat or deadlift, it should move it's pretty slow. dang slow. Yeah, because yeah. that's a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. But you're talking about weightlifting. The, the describe what a snatch is. Yeah, so you you'd grab a barbell from the ground, um, you know, with weight on it. Yeah. And usually a wider grip on the bar, you would pick it up from the floor in sort of like a deadlift motion, um, basically jump and catch it overhead in a low squat. Yeah. So you say it's and sort it's of like deadlift, fast. but it's going way yeah, higher Yeah, it's going way higher, yeah. way faster. It's very fast. I was always impressed with how quickly those guys got it from the ground over their heads. Yes. It's and amazing. I was way impressed. It's incredible. There's a lot of technique involved, too. Tons. This isn't the kind of thing that you no. just walk into the gym and say, I'm going to snatch today. Right. You, you want to have some I mean, people training. try it and they look awful. Yeah. So. And, <laughs> and potentially hurt themselves. Yes, exactly. Okay, so that's the snatch. And, and I, we've, many of us, I've seen that on the Olympics. Mm-hmm. What's the what's the the clean and jerk. So most everyone knows a clean or a power clean, but um, same idea. You're just you're catching the bar on your shoulders instead of overhead, like in the snatch. Um, you are picking it up from the ground, and then it become you do the jerk. So after you've stood up with it on your shoulders, you um, basically jump, throw and it up, over throw your it head. up overhead. So yeah. can you lift more weight with the clean and jerk or with the, the power? Definitely snatch? more with the clean and jerk. Yeah, so you don't have to lift it as high in one go. So. Mm. You so can you, usually you lift just more. come back to balance and then do the... Yes. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm going to. Actually, I do want to put you on the spot. Want, what, are spot what are your okay, best lifts? What are your best weights? My best lifts. Um, so my weight class, I'm 81 kilos, one, 180 about. Yeah. Um, and my best snatch would be 230, 240 pounds. 
No, and no, that's 240 pounds starting from the ground up over your head, yeah, right. which is awesome. That's and awesome. And then my best clean and jerk is just at 300. Wow. So I'm trying to set some new personal Well, you could more than clean and jerk me. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, Ryan, that's all the time that we've got to visit with you today, but thank you so much. I, this, this concept of losing power and lo- losing strength, I think, is very important. Uh, great information. And again, accessible. I, I love that it's accessible. Thanks for joining us today. No problem. Thank you. We'll have you back sometime. Yeah, I'd love it. Jeff. Yes, sir. You mentioned it at the beginning of the show. Once again, I'm going to mention at the end of the show, registration is open for the Huntsman World Senior Games. If you are 50 years of age or older, you qualify to compete. And Jeff, as of this morning, uh, again, you kind of mentioned it, but I ran a report. We're well over 1,400. We might reach 1,500 athletes by the end of the day. So I can become elated. So you could become giddy. Giddy. Well, yeah. elated and giddy, I mean, oh. or both. One or the other or both, right? Well, probably both. So uh, some of our sports do tend to fill up rather quickly, yes, so don't do. delay. You want to hit SeniorGames.net. That's our website. Once again, SeniorGames.net, and register today for your sports. Sport of choice. We have 35 different sports to choose from. The dates of the 2020 games are October 5th through the 17th. And uh, come on out and be a part of it. It's a lot of fun. Sure. Uh, if you have any feedback for us about the show, please shoot us an email at activelife at seniorgames.net. And remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. We do take this live show. We turn it into a podcast, and you can subscribe to that podcast pretty much anywhere that podcasts are found. You never have to miss an episode. That's right. You can also find it once again on our website. That is SeniorGames.net, so check that out. Our inspirational thought for the day comes from the great Bambino himself, Babe Ruth. Ruth. You ready to go? I'm ready. He says, it's hard to beat a person who never gives up. That's true. Until next Thursday, stay active. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.